following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Nick Schott. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Savannah Hugh Moeller, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Well, it is Tuesday. I realize that. But I do believe, yes, Go! there was a victory. Go! Dallas Cowboys! It's the gold team of there were two victories. Yes, there were. Cowboys winners on Monday night. Rangers winners on Monday afternoon. Take that, Houston and L.A. <laughs> <laughs> And here we are. Well, some of us made it back from L.A. I was never in L.A., but Savannah was in L.A., Mickey was in L.A., Everson was in L.A., and who's here? We got Mickey, we've got Savannah, but no, we don't have Everson. And you know who the diehards are. That's right. Who has a commitment to excellence on this show inside Mm -hmm. the SWBC podcast studio? Tribute to the uh, pick-to-click Savannah Hugh-Moller. Thank no. you. It no. was me. No, it's it Savannah for making it back oh. from SoFi Stadium last night. I made it back, Gets too. Er- well, you you didn't have to put any effort into your return you trip, right? I just plane. rolled right in and yeah, got to sleep at 4.30 in the morning. You, you were on the charter, and you know how much more difficult it is to fly commercial out Especially of anywhere. out of LAX. Uh-huh. I'm surprised I got out of there on time. Normally, I have a delay at LAX every single time. Mm-hmm. Usually, the delay is getting into LAX. But 5 a.m., I was 5 a.m. flight. Way to 5 a.m. flight lands at DFW at 1030 mm-hmm. and gets here in time for mix shots. So now she's coming. Wins pick to click. Uh, yeah, she is. She is my pick to click today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, no, you for, today. Yes, okay. for, for today. Yes, for today. And since Everson keeps track of the picks to click for the no, game. No, Savannah keeps notes. Savannah kept it. Okay. I'm pretty sure I was closest in with the points. I did 24-14 Cowboys. Okay. Oh, that was 10 points. Mine was 26-24, only two-point difference. Yeah, but you flew over on both. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll, I'll circle back and get the notes. We'll, we'll get back I was I was way too high. I was 34-28. How was a two-point difference? Do what? I said my margin of, margin of victory, victory was, was two points. 24? Isn't two points. Two points? Was, yeah. What am I missing? Didn't they score 17? Well, that did. I said the, 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 the difference. The margin of victory was He picked three. a two-point margin of victory, and the actual margin of victory was three points. Yeah, thank so you that's very what much. Claimed. On the prices Right, they go like this to you. <laughs> yeah, but this ain't the price. Because you can't right. go over on your on he your went price. way over. I yeah, think somebody last week, uh, Everson, was claiming victory because he had he had <laughs> he the margin. He was claiming that he had the margin right, and he didn't have the score. Who you have? What close. player did you have? Your pick. Oh, I click. had the pick to click right too. Dak Prescott. I, I had I'll give CD you that. I, I had CD. CD doesn't do what he did unless the quarterback, yards. the quarterback threw for 117 yards well, to him and scored a touchdown running and a touchdown passing. That's right. And had a 109 quarterback rating. 
There is no dispute here. <laughs> I had Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, he, he yeah. What did he do? Who, who, he rush, who, who ran? Who, who put all the work in play. on that sixty-yard play? Dak Prescott did because he avoided a sack twice and threw the ball to Pollard on the run. And Pollard didn't avoid any tackle or anything. And right. he had twenty-seven yards rushing. And if he would have caught that touchdown towards the end, that would have been great. But that was nearly impossible that's why. right there Troy. oh there you go that's why right. he's in position for that touchdown too mm-hmm. that's great yeah, yeah. tony mm-hmm. pollard and he didn't there catch it all right so uh, good that we settled that yes we did settle it double and... victory on this side of the table <laughs> uh, but the pick to click today is savannah yes. and how about that win and how much needed was that win uh, the biggest uh uh, the biggest uh, thing on the charter coming home was a sigh of relief. Oh, no kidding. Going into a bye oh, week. I, oh, I know. As Demarcus Lawrence said, he called the win a crucial win. Mm-hmm. It was very crucial. Uh, and McCarthy said, we did just enough to win. So, And he went on to say, we still got a ways to go. We're getting there. So, Yeah. Going on the road, winning, and I don't care how you do it, in this league, a win is a win is a win. And if anybody disputes that, we'll go ask the 49ers and the Eagles after this weekend. I haven't done the research on this, but uh, this has to rank right up there with the earliest in a season that there are no unbeatens left in it. Were they popping in champagne in Miami? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know what occurred to me uh, is what if the Dolphins were undefeated? Would they have been cheering for this version of the Dolphins to, or wanting to preserve their a great uh, question. undefeated season? No, you want to preserve your own. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's Pre- what? Preserve 50, your own. 50 years ago? Uh-huh. Is that it? 72? Yep. Uh, all right, so where do we start on this? Um, it was a... Uh, a game that didn't start uh, the way the Cowboys no. wanted it to start, but it ended the way the Cowboys wanted it to end. Yeah, and uh, credit to the defense. Um, they did a pretty good number on the number five ranked offense in the league uh, that the Chargers came into the game with, uh, held them to 272 points. I think one or of the yards. things. Or yards, I'm sorry. Uh, And one of the things we were concerned about was their rush defense after giving up 170 yards uh, to the 49ers, and they held the Chargers to 53 yards rushing and turned Herbert into kind of a common quarterback. Uh, He... And even though he was only sacked once, they put a lot of pressure on him, and he finished with an 84 uh, completion percent or, or quarterback rating, uh, and his completion percentage was way down from what he was doing going into the game, uh, completing 71% of his passes. Uh, so in this game, he completed 70% of his passes. So uh, credit to the defense and uh, making plays at the end just when they needed plays made. Uh, they didn't have a sack the entire game until Micah sacked him on that last possession after DeMarcus Lawrence did a heck of a job. I think it was first and five, and he held Eckler to three. Then they got the sack, and then Damone Clark got the pressure and Stephon Gilmore the interception and overcame 
11 penalties for 85 yards. They ended up throwing, no, I'm sorry, yeah, 11. So they ended up throwing 20 flags in the game. 20 that were taken, the, the yeah. penalties that, a lot that were of accepted. Right? I bet that looked good on television. Yeah. I, mean, I was listening, uh, as I always do, to Sirius NFL Radio on my drive-in, and they, and they were talking about what an entertaining game that was to watch. And what I was watching last night, I'm like, another flag? Another penalty? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one after another. And then the and then mm-hmm. that doesn't account for the one they missed. And we'll spend a whole segment on that punt. <laughs> a bunch of BS I've ever seen. <laughs> Can you tell we're a little tired today, Bill? Uh, uh, Mickey, <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, we're uh, here. He spent. We spent all last week having to endure Mickey. Now this week we only get a couple of days. Savannah, are you here with us tomorrow? Or are you? No, she's uh, on the mix crew tomorrow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we've got Christy Scales here with us tomorrow. Right. Yep. At uh, at noon. And so anyway, Mickey's much better after a win than he is after a loss. All True. week. Yeah. Yes. So. This is this is uh, the Mickey who's they, not. They need me on, on on the committee with the rules, you know. That's. I agree. To fix I some agree. things. Uh-huh. The other thing they need to fix is not have the teams crossing each other before the game starts for warmups. <laughs> this isn't college where they all got to come out the same tunnel, right? And San Francisco pulled their same BS before the game with Cleveland. Tried to start a fight just like they did with the Cowboys, right? Got in the way of the kicker last year and did it again this year. They were they were doing some uh, rehab, and it was right where Brandon Aubrey was warming up uh, at, at, uh, uh, at San Francisco. And they did it again, and it was the same guys, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, uh, Brett, uh, is it Brandon Ayuk? Yep, uh, and one of their other offensive linemen get in a tussle with Cleveland before the game, so the Cowboys are coming out, and they're coming down their sideline. Well, uh, the this Chargers. Is last night you're talking about now, Chargers. Okay. Yeah, the Chargers. Uh, are, are their their DBs are doing some drill, and they, and they're doing it on the Cowboys sideline right by the bench where the team was running through, and then that thing breaks out, right? Well, and that's what they say they do all the time. But it's like, warm up on your own sideline. What do you got to do at the other sideline? Mm-hmm. Somebody said, well, it's half the field. And I go, well, why don't you divide the field down the middle instead of across the 50-yard line? <laughs> that would save a lot of problems, right? Mickey texted me. He was like, did you see what just happened? Uh, yeah. Like, I was hoping we know she what's was going right on? there. I was I was on the other side, on the opposite side of the yeah. sideline. Of the, so I didn't of the bench, yeah. Of the yeah, the Cowboys, and I was, I didn't exactly realize what happened until later. But they were actually pretty scrappy still during the game. Oh yeah, you know, like it was just kind of they were going after it. All right. So what bit. was the scene like there last night? I will actually paint the picture for the fan engagement mm-hmm. when I when I talk about how many Cowboys yeah. fans were there. It was nuts to me. It was like 50-50. And I almost kind of felt bad because the people that I went with, it was my sister and her friend. They're big Chargers fans. So I'm wearing my Cowboy stuff. They're wearing their Chargers stuff. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Chris. And uh, But you were probably in the majority. Yeah. But that's the thing is every other seat 
was a Chargers fan and then a Cowboys fan. Chargers fan, Cowboys fan. It was so loud from the Cowboys mm-hmm. side. It was just crazy to me. Oh, they started doing the chant when when San Diego. I'm San Diego, I knew it. I'd do it when the Chargers had the ball, right? And it was like they almost had to go silent count. There were well, so many you can Cowboy tell that when there. Herbert is trying to hear in his headset in his, in his helmet the right. play call, mm-hmm. being called in, and he's having to cover his uh, you know helmet his ears to be able to hear what's being transmitted. Uh, when they've got the ball, obviously. Uh, and yeah. you can tell on, on – I, I had comments from people at work last night. They were saying, man, it sounds like that's a home game for the Cowboys. On, on television, it sounded that way. I can only imagine what it's like in person. It was crazy. It, it surprised me. It mm-hmm. really did. Well, that's what used to happen when they played in San Diego uh, because I remember the one year the Cowboys opened the season at San Diego and they put – uh, the Chargers put a premium on buying a single-game ticket for that game with the Cowboys because they knew what was coming. And so to buy a single-game ticket for that, you had to buy a single-game ticket for another home game. They made you buy two games if you wanted the Cowboys game, trying to hold the And Cowboy so what did it sound like? So were they able to hold the Cowboy fans down no. with that? Okay. No. They must have had. It's much. There are much more Cowboy fans though at SoFi Stadium than there were at Jack Murphy Stadium. Uh, right or not? I don't know. It was because you got to think from the Chargers' perspective. I mean, they're no longer San Diego's team, obviously, and so San Diego's bailed on them. They're not going to drive up to L.A. to support that. And then they haven't been in L.A. long enough to really establish a Charger fan base. And it's such a mixed bag of fans anyway in L.A. because they didn't have football for years, whatever. And so the Rams are kind of in the same boat themselves, even though they've been there in the past. But at Jack Murphy, this was at a time – I'm talking – in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So they weren't very good. And so the Cowboy fans would overrun that stadium. And they were trying to hold it down. But anyway. And there's so many Cowboys fans in California to be. And I'll with. tell you what. Right. I don't know I don't know if they can find players for stuff like that. But I did see, after they broke everything up, uh, the White Hat, Land, Clark, mm-hmm. uh, went and put the headset on. And, and, and actually had the, the, uh, the tablet, the replay tablet out. And they were reviewing what happened. So I'm wondering if they could still find guys. Oh, I think so. Mm. Even though they didn't penalize anybody. I believe they can throw people out of the game. Uh, even in the they were probably checking to make sure yes. that just how bad the incident was and if punches were thrown. Well, there was because sort of Fowler connected and, and whether with it a helmet. merited whether it merited an ejection because they were in the field of play and when it's happening. I don't think they could have judged uh, who started it because mm-hmm. it just kind of exploded mm-hmm. like taking a match. Eckler took a friendly fire. Yes, he did. Dude, Lost his he, helmet. He walked into that one, too. It was hilarious. I think actually. it was Fowler. Yeah, I Fowler got him. Personally. But, man, he walked into it trying to pull one of his players back, and, and Fowler swung and hit him in the face. Wow. There was a cowboy. I don't know if it was a coach or a helper dude in the middle of it, and he got blasted. A helper dude in the middle. <laughs> helper dude. Well, it could have been I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna tell like cable. a that's helper what you call dude. Uh, it what, wasn't. No, it Savannah, wasn't. That's cable. the title today, Savannah. That's what we are on this show. 
Well, you're Mickey's helper. Helper dude. I, I'm helper a helper dudes. dude. And yeah. I'll <laughs> do that. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, okay. Well, we continue with mixed shots. It's Mickey and his helper dudes when we come back in here in just a moment. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap at the Prescott who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese-to-sour-cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys. Mickey, do we want to get into the return? Yes. Should we kick it off with that? Before we analyze the game and sure. how well the cop So... Sure. Here is the pool report. Okay, we're talking about the punt the the punt that was how are you gonna describe it? They called this? it muffed. He didn't muff it. He didn't catch it mm-hmm. because he got run over. All right. He didn't touch it. Now I understand what the ruling is. Um because if you're engaged with the guy that's trying to cover the punt, then it's your fault if you get pushed in to uh, the returner. Well, if you go back and look at it, Tolbert wasn't engaged until Samuel engaged him and pushed him into Turpin. And not only did he push him into it, it could have been hands to the face or a face mask if you go back and stop it as soon as they, they did. They didn't call that. Now, the ruling on the field was uh, Cowboys ball because they thought the Chargers player touched the punt first. And if the punting team touched the punt first, the ball, and it's loose, as a return team, you can pick the ball up 
uh, without any hesitation and and pick it up and run. And if you if you happen to fumble it, then it goes back to the spot that you picked it up because mm-hmm. they touched it first. And did the, they did the pool report with Walt Anderson, mm-hmm. who I'm guessing wasn't even there. So he's watching probably in New York. NFL Senior Vice President of Officiating, Walt Anderson. So they asked him, why didn't fair catch interference apply? Because the punt returner was actually contacted by his own teammate who was actively blocking a Chargers player. And when a teammate of the returner is actively blocking that teammate, it's responsible for his own contact, even it's into the player who signals for a fair catch. So no contact. So the contact was actually by the teammate of Dallas who had signaled for a fair catch. So they, the Chargers initiated uh, the review. Well, they challenged it, right? They challenged it, yeah. So it says here, there wasn't a ruling on the field of a change of possession. It was just a normal punt with an illegal touch. If it had ruled on the field initially that the ball was touched by the receiver, then it would have been awarded to the kicking team. Then it would have been a booth review to either confirm that's what happened, and it would have been reversed. Then we would have had changed it. But because... Why is this stuck here? But because it was ruled on the field that it was not touched by the receiving team, that's why it was a coach's challenge. Okay, so where's the rest of it? Because they had to determine, I thought their guy dived on the ball first, and then it came out again, right? Well, they're basically saying... uh, Saying All that, he explained was it was a coach's challenge. Right. He didn't explain who touched the ball first. So look at that. I'm watching it. Didn't it look like the Chargers player touched it first? Um, I think you can make the case that uh, Jalen Tolbert's left hand got on the football before the Chargers player, but I'm, not, I, I'm just looking at one angle right here. The issue that I have with it is, okay, I understand that Jalen Tolbert is blocking Jasir Taylor, or he's they're engaged. But it's Taylor who initiated who, who forces the blocker back into Turpin, and it appears, at least on the review that I'm the the replay I'm looking at, that the defender makes contact with Turpin as right. well. Because he ended up throwing right. his elbow. I mean, there's a there's a certain. Uh, there's a certain area that the defender ha- that the receiver has the right to to catch the football, and if the contact is initiated by the defensive player, that destroys that window of opportunity that Turpin has, and he makes con- clearly he was contacted and he fell back. Then that's uh, fair catch interference. But because Tolbert hit him. Initially, even because though he was, he was engaged, by the defender, because because yeah, he was blocking. Gonna, so that's why they're they saying that because it. the blocker was engaged with the Chargers player, that it's not fair catch interference. Right. But actually, See, it's the Chargers player who forces the uh, Turpin not to be able to catch the football. And they even get it's, it. It's his force of contact. They even got it wrong on the uh, 
on the uh, play-by-play. Uh, it says Jalen Tolbert muffs catch. Well, he didn't muff the catch, so they're saying they're Tolbert saying he touched, touched it. He first. touched it before the right. Chargers player touched he's it. That's thinking, what they ruled on their review. And you can't fault him. He doesn't know that. Right. He thinks that the ball hit Turpin. Hit Turpin, right? right. And so he's he's scrambling after. He it. can't see it. Yeah. And everybody else, and is just scrambling like the Charger the player, ball. is scrambling for right. it too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another rule change that needs to take place, or tell them to look at what happened. Right. I mean, the, the cause for the misplay was, and it was an interference that was forced by the Chargers player. It right. wasn't Tolbert, who was blocking on the play, who forced the fair catch interference. Yeah, he got he blocked. Was, right. Anyway. I mean, so you can't block in front of the receiving, the, the, the punt returner? Well, you better not get pushed into yeah, him. Yeah, right. So, but anyway, it was a big play in the game because they gave him the ball at the twenty-yard line, and then they, and they got a fifteen-yard uh, penalty. They got him down to the five-yard line right. on the next play, and then they score a touchdown. And now it's a tie ball, right? Game yeah, with it was huge. Seven eleven to go. Mm-hmm. So, so right. both of their both of their uh, touchdowns came on a short field, right? Right. Um, so they held them to field goals. So from a defensive standpoint. Uh, even though they couldn't seem to get Herbert on the ground, uh, they played pretty well. I think I saw eight quarterback pressures. Yeah. So. And he he avoided several sacks, right? He really did. Actually, he was great at kind of realizing when he needed to run and just get out of certain situations. He was he was pretty spot on with that last night. All right. Let me ask you this question: Going into that game, if you were to rank, or not you, but in general. On a national scale, okay, what do you think the general consensus of opinion is on where these four quarterbacks rank coming into this weekend? Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Dak Prescott. How would they have been? How would they be ranked by the uh, Cowboys fans at large across the nation? One, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, and ten. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in just saying order. those four. In that so Brock order. Purdy, in fact, Brock Purdy <laughs> lead, was leading the league in quarterback rating coming in this weekend. Right. Okay. Jalen Hurts coming off a Super Bowl season, and and, you know, and Justin Herbert, as most people have him as a top seven, eight quarterback in the league. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. All right, coming out of the weekend, let's just say you had just the evidence of this weekend. Right. Those four quarterbacks did this weekend. How would they be ranked? We reverse my order. Exactly. Dak would be number one. We're reversing it, yeah. (laughs) Brock Purdy was very pedestrian, his numbers, when he did not have Debo Samuel for most all the game and lost Christian McCaffrey. And his left tackle, Trent Williams, was playing on one wheel late in that game. And uh, Hertz throws three picks, including a horrible interception that led to their loss at the end of the game. And then Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had Keenan Allen wide open twice, not once, but twice in that football game that could have easily resulted in touchdowns. Like the and missed one them that, badly. The one that Deron Bland fell down on. That one that and close. the and the stutter go where uh, he was wide open. It was oh, Bland yeah. defending on that one too in the late in the first half. And he bit on the stop. Right, right. 
And I mean, I could not believe, and Troy Aikman couldn't believe it either that uh, that he on the first one especially he missed. But I mean, he missed on both of them badly. Right, right. And I'm going, wow. I do. I mean, we hear we hear fans, not not, not saying necessarily Cowboys fans, but are critical of the quarterback that plays here on a week-to-week basis. I wonder, what do they say about Justin Herbert in L.A.? See, I still think Justin Herbert performed pretty well. Him, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're comparing him and Dak Prescott last night, they both, I, mean, I would Dak say, outplayed I mean, him last night. Dak definitely outplayed him. Mm-hmm. I just think Justin Herbert, he's still a very consistent quarterback. I just think he had a lot of pressure on him, which – he was did, shown, which was shown from our defense. He should so, have been sacked five times, and he, he was able exactly. to avoid. That's why, those but sacks. that's why you can't take a one-week sample on on players or quarterbacks in this league. They they will have off days. There are uh, circumstances. It's a long season, and so that's why you have to let the whole season play out right. before you're making judgments on oh this guy can't play or that guy can play. And it's and. And for that very reason, I think it's a good thing that the Cowboys have their bye. Although everybody thinks, oh, they can work harder now. Well, they'll practice once, probably. If that. <laughs> yeah, right? Because <laughs> they're not practicing today, and it's already Tuesday. Wednesday, you might do a little something uh, if they my, want. My understanding is they're, they're going to let them go. Yeah, right? and then they're back on And Monday. then you got to have four consecutive days so off. So there'll be a, four consecutive days off will be Thursday through Sunday, and they're right. back here Monday yeah. getting ready for um, a killer stretch of the season coming up here. So you can do a little bit more on Monday, but that's it. And then Tuesday's a day off. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not like you work harder and fix all the things that need to be fixed. Uh, and offensively, they still need things fixed because I don't want to f- finish the game and my quarterback's the leading rusher. Well, and the other thing, and we'll get to, we'll get to that when we come back here in a moment. One other thought on Justin Herbert. They play Kansas City this week, and I would not at all be surprised because this is what happens in this league. It's a bounce-back league, just like San I Francisco has their best win of the year over the Cowboys the week before, and then they go to Cleveland and they lose, just like Philadelphia is unbeaten, and then they go to the Jets and they lose, just like the Cowboys have their worst game of the season. They come <laughs> back and they win over the Chargers the next week, a very tight fit. Well, you watch Justin Herbert will go to Kansas City next weekend, this coming weekend, and he'll have a three-touchdown, 300-yard game, and the Chargers will play Kansas City a one-score game. I mean, Bill, if, I'm if, with you. If, I'm if, with you. I agree. It's, this is what happens in this league. It's like one week. You can't do anything, and then the next week, you're all world. I'd so. love to see the Chargers beat Kansas City. Well, I would love to see it. And, it. and they're in the position that the Cowboys, if they want to get to where they got last year, which is in the playoffs, they went 10-7, and seven, then the pressure is on them at 2-3 and three to do something this week against the best team in their division, if not the best team, one of the top two or three teams in the league. All right, we continue with more mix shots in just a moment. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. 
You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Back, back to mixed shots. Come out to AT&T Stadium on February 24th for the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship Series. Watch the world's two best wheel racers converge for one night of nonstop action. Enjoy unprecedented access to the sport's biggest stars with an up-close view of their race bikes and team rigs at the FanFest. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. Okay, do big-time players make big-time plays at big-time moments in games? Yes, they do. Yes. That's how the Cowboys won that game on that last series. And we should talk about that uh, with the amount of pressure, and I think you already pointed out that the Cowboys had eight uh, pressures or hits on Justin Herbert, Mm -hmm. but they had no sacks until Micah Parsons. Uh, I think it was... Second. It was second and two, two at the 33 yard line. Right. And Micah finally, finally uh, beat Slater, I believe it was, and uh, got, got the sack uh, for minus eight yards. So that was Micah's sixth sack of the season, and his 31 and a half career sacks are tied with Miles Garrett for the eighth most by an NFL player through his first. 39 games. 39 games. And it was huge because he was getting run past the quarterback most of the time. And we also should point out that uh, here's how the Cowboys compensated for the loss of Leighton Vanderish. Um, Damone Clark, uh, I'm guessing, played the most plays of his career. Uh, he ended up playing, uh, I want to say, uh, 72 snaps, so he missed one defensive snap, 99%, and that'll be the highest I bet he's played. Micah Parsons played more, 68 snaps, 93%. And Marquise Bell, who I thought had one heck of a game, 39 snaps, 53%. So what they were doing, basically, was they were playing uh, – Micah Parsons and Bell 
a heck of a lot more than normal. And Bell ended up, I think, second on the team. It took Clark with uh, seven, seven tackles, tackles right? Yes. Clark led the team with eight tackles. Uh, and then, and for sure in the second half, because I kept marking it down, they started playing a true four-man front, and they were lining Parsons up as a linebacker off the line of scrimmage. And a lot of times on the line of scrimmage with five guys on the line. So he ended up playing a whole bunch of snaps at linebacker. And they did a heck of a job of holding Eckler down to a reasonable amount oh, of rushing yards, right? And, How were they using Parsons as the linebacker? As a linebacker, what was his? He was standing up next to Damone Clark, so off the line. I guess he would have probably been the weak with, side with Marquise linebacker. Bell out there too. No, no. Okay, when, so when Bell wasn't out okay. there, so it was one of the two usually. Uh, at the at the linebacker spot. So it was a four-man front with two linebackers. Yes, a normal 4-3 and nickel, right? Um, and that's what we wanted. That's what we kind of talked that's about, what we talked about last right? week. Yeah. And uh, I thought they did a, a good job against the run. Um, As evidenced by the stats. Right. 53 yards rushing. They what held did, uh, Eckler to... Uh, 14 carries for 27 yards, 1.9 a carry. His long was six. Herbert had their long at nine, and it was a scramble. Uh, so it's very similar to the Cowboys' stats, uh, rushing, rushing the football. Neither team could run the ball. Pollard right? was 15 carries for 30 yards, right. two yards a carry, and the Cowboys got the bulk of their rushing yards from Dak. There was no holes. Mm-hmm. The offensive line has got to get better. Because Dak saved him about. You know three what? It's sacks. happening all across the league. Um, I mean, you look at the rushing stats across the league this weekend, and they were very. It was down across the board, and scoring was down too. Uh, there were only two teams had buys this week, so thirty of the thirty-two teams played. Mm-hmm. Twenty-five of the thirty teams that played this week in Week Six scored 21 or fewer points. There were only five teams in the entire league that scored more than 21 points this week, and only two teams had more than 30 points. And why do we think that is? I think it's because now you're coming into week six. Every team had played at least four games. Most had played five. And defenses adjust to what offenses are doing to start the season. And so they've got typically you're, when you scout any game at this point in the season, once you get four games under your belt, you just go back the last four games. That's what the scouts usually do. You go back the last four games, and so you've got a good sample size mm-hmm. there of the tendencies that offenses have and defenses adjusted to it. Now what will happen is offenses will tweak what they're doing, and it's, it's a back and forth. Uh, you know, you had some backup quarterbacks playing as well, but not not any more than what you normally have in a week six of a season. But uh, and so that that also affects it. And there's some weather around the country too. But uh, it's still unusual to have 25 out of 30 teams that scored 21 or fewer points. So there's before Savannah, there's a bunch of unscouted looks because mm-hmm. you don't know what teams are doing. M- Mike McCarthy's big on that. Now you got scouted looks. So Bill's right. Now watch the offenses have to adjust. Dak's been sacked eight times in these last two games. Uh, he got hit uh, six times, and they had seven tackles for losses. So uh, they're, you know, and, and Khalil Mack's good, right? Joey Bosa's good, although he didn't play all that much. His snaps were 
I, he wasn't out there a lot. I was saying yeah. his saps were way down. There was something, somewhat of a surprise that he was active anyway. 30 snaps he a had. A toe injury yeah. as well as a hamstring injury. But they, they did a good job of putting pressure on Dak. And, and, and so this offensive line, now it's the second time they've played together, they've practiced together. Uh, they need to buckle down. Uh, Tyler Smith didn't have a really good game. Uh, he struggled some. Uh, and you're going to struggle with Khalil Mack. Just last week he had six sacks. Uh, so uh, that's, got to be, that's got to be better. Who are you giving game balls to? Um, 14. 14 for sure. Marquise Bell. Um, you know, you, you could always give it to the quarterback, but Brandon Cooks was pretty darn good. I was about to say Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Brandon that, Cooks. That was your guy, wasn't it? That was that your pick to no, click? No, mine was Tony was, Pollard. Was Pollard. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Tony Pollard. Uh, that was a heck of a route he ran for the touchdown. Great pass by Dak. But Great he block had, by Pollard on Derwin James. Yes, who was picking blitzing. up the blitz. Mm-hmm. And, that could and, have affected that. He may not have got home because uh, Dak was backpedaling and Dak was buying time right. for Brandon to clear on the crossing Because he route. was a crossing. He had motion to the right and then went all the way back. To it was the, CD went in motion. So there was a, this was another example of putting a guy in motion mm-hmm. and it tips off what the, the way the defense is playing they were in man because the guy was following cd and so brandon was started on the right side of the formation he was he was tight on the right side basically he was a few steps away from the line from the offensive line mm-hmm. gallop on the left side they both ran crossing routes and so uh and uh, dean marlowe who was defending cooks he didn't he didn't defend it poorly or anything right Cooks just had a step on him, and Cooks has enough speed. And so Dak just had to backpedal and buy time mm-hmm. for him to get to where he needed to go and made a great throw. Yeah. And, but in the meantime, Pollard had to pick up Derwin James, which he did. He was blitzing from the right side. Did you get faked out on Dak's touchdown run? You know what? I, I didn't see it live. Because <laughs> I did. I, I, did I, didn't I did, too. I, I was, was like, what just happened? I had other responsibilities. We have a 7 o'clock newscast. And I was had <laughs> 7 doing o'clock? A, yes, we we don't have a six o'clock newscast anymore. We have a seven o'clock that goes an hour on TXA 21. And so I was oh, talking Rangers at the beginning of the game. I'm talking Rangers. So I had to play catch up after the first series of the game. So I didn't see it live. Um, I, I thought they had dropped Pollard for a loss. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find my notes and, the, uh, Oh, it was the, and then all of a sudden Dak was in the end zone. It was the defensive end 40. It was an 18, 18 yarder. Tupulutu or something like yep. that. I got it Tuli. right. Uh, I th- he 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 put a hit on Pollard, right? And I'm going, oh God, why do they keep running that play? <laughs> <laughs> there goes Dak prancing into the end zone, right? Yep. Eight, and I yeah. heard I heard Brad's call on it, and he called Dak got. Or Pollard got stopped for a five-yard. Lo- oh, excuse me, my bad. You know what? I, that's something that I'm sure they talked to Dak about this past week. I mean, there was early in that San Francisco series, there was a like a zone read like that. Right. That Dak had running room, but right. he, gave, he gave the ball to Pollard instead. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, they probably gave him, hey, it's. Take, take a look at this because they're yeah. they're pinching down on what we're trying to do running, and there's open space for you, and well, especially in that situation with the fourth down play. Yeah, even last night in Dak's press conference, somebody asked him, 
hey, what did you do in those moments when you knew you needed to run? And he said, based on everything that happened against the 49ers, he knew he needed to make a couple more of those rushing plays. So, Use his you know, feet, right? Yeah, he, he knew he needed to to step up a little bit more and get some runs I, in. I can't he remember had, if it was the first series yards. or the second series against San Francisco. There was a play that mm-hmm. there was a lot of running room for Dak, but he had given he tried them. to throw it. Well, actually, he handed off on, oh, that, okay. on the play that I'm talking about. All right. But – uh, yeah, that all was good until the tush push. Yeah. Nah, just run a play. <laughs> I don't think they've tried that before. I don't think so either. I think well, maybe they that. won't ever again uh-huh. since it was less than a yard and he didn't even hardly get to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> they asked. They asked Dak about it, and Dak said they needed to push better. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> needed oh, to no. push my tush better. <laughs> it, um, it reminded me of when the practice indoor practice facility came down, and we were trying to get out the door, and I was like third or fourth deep, and, and my reaction was, you guys need to push better because mm. they can't get the door open. And by the way, uh, who's the unsung star of this game? Brandon Aubrey. That's exactly right. I mean, that guy is 16 money. 16 straight. 16 and for 16. And think about it, because San Francisco, with their rookie kicker, was in the same position from two yards further, 40, 41 yards. Mm-hmm. Third-round pick, Jake and, Moody. And Moody missed it. Mm-hmm. I think those were his, I think he missed an earlier one, too, Yep. because they were both perfect. And he missed two, and Dak's now 16 for 16. You know, uh, Dak, Brandon Aubrey. Sorry. You, you know, uh, did you hear what? Yeah, butter. Butter. Uh-huh. Uh, Dak, Dak, what? They Dak asked was Dak asked about, about Aubrey. Aubrey, and he says, "Oh, butter Aubrey." Uh-huh. They call him Butter Aubrey. Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, so "He's smooth. butter. He's smooth." He's, he's been like that ever since he walked in the <laughs> oh, door. Oh, that's great. Uh-huh. And uh, and you want that with your kicker, where right. it's, it's like an automatic. Uh, and he he later said he goes and by the way. He goes, he's an athlete, right? He, he played professionally in soccer. He's an athlete. He's just an athlete that's kicking. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. He first was, round draft pick. Another first round draft pick on this roster. That's right. Uh-huh. He, he should have been, right? Butter. Well, he was. Butter. MLS. Butter. Yes. MLS, he was first that's round right. pick. That's right. All right. So uh, that does it for uh, this crew on Mixed Shots. Mixed Shots. And uh, we meet again tomorrow at noon. Oh, you forgot to ask me. See, when they win, he doesn't ask me. How did Missouri do this weekend? Oh, did they play? Yeah, see? Uh, Who did they play? Did they win? Vanderbilt again. They went to Kentucky and (laughs) kicked their butts. Same team that Georgia beat 65 to 14 last week. That's right. Well, (laughs) they beat them 38 to 21. Well, congratulations. How about that? Very good. All right, and uh, so we will, most of us, will see you tomorrow at noon. Go Cowboys! (laughs) This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?